Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome to the Rangers Rabble Academy Review. Uh, tonight I'm joined by Wilf. How are you doing, mate? I'm fine, Willie. Just literally just back in the door from uh, Innerleithen, so yeah, I'm doing okay. Good, man. I don't, we thought maybe it was going to be half eight, but Wilf's managed to get home a wee bit quicker, so we'll start at eight o'clock and see how it goes. We'll just jump straight in there, chat about some recent games for the B team, some of the recent games for the under-18s. And we'll also look at some of the players that's out in loan. Maybe they've not played enough. What's their future at Rangers? So we'll just get stuck right in there. Um, we'll start off kind of following on from the last pod. So the first game after that was Cove Rangers. That was a bit of a tough watch, Wolf, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a that was a lesson. I mean, Cove. I've seen living up here. I've seen Cove a couple of times this season, and they're a fairly. I mean, they're a fairly good side. They've they've thrown a lot of money at that team. Uh, they've got. I mean, it was noticeable from the, the team that played against us that that night in the, in the Challenge Cup. You know, they had f- at least four former Premiership players in the team. You know, I mean, Shea Logan could probably still be playing. I'd probably the same for Fraser Fivey. You know, so it was always going to be a test for the boys. And losing two losing two goals in the first few minutes just it just it just done them. I mean, that was that was it was finished after that. Yeah, it was. It was one of those kind of games that. You know, it's sort of travelling up in the car with the guys that go to a lot of the games. You're talking about you probably need a strong 15, 20 minutes to start the game off. You know, try and, I don't know what you say, like uh, try and get a bit of control in the game almost. But as you say, within whatever that was, six or seven minutes, it was two nothing down. And before we realised it, it was like 4-1 and kind of felt like it could have been anything after that, to be honest. And it's tough on the youngsters, but... I think as we said at the game, you know, you've got to learn tough lessons and you know, cover a good team, they're probably a team that's going to push for the championship. So in reality you're playing against a top level League One slash bottom kind of four or five team in the championship with the quality of players they've got. And as you pointed out, they've got guys who have played at the highest level as well. So maybe it's just one of those games that the players need to put in the back of their mind and accept that at times during their career, these kind of games can happen and they just need to move on. Um, next up, we had a game against Spartans. Obviously, that's the kind of the flip side of playing in the Lowland League. We won 7-1. Um, two from Aaron Lyle, one from Ross McCausland, Adam Devine, Charlie McCann, Juan Alegria and Kane Richie Hosler. Is that the kind of like the ups and downs of football when you come up against a quality team like Cove? And then you drop back into the Lowland League and you beat Spartans so comfortably. Is that the kind of good and bad side of this season, Will? Yeah, I think so, Willie. I was a bit, I was a bit surprised that we beat Spartans. I always, I always consider Spartans to be a kind of better team than that. You know, I was, I was quite surprised we, we took so many of them. 
but I mean that's that's kind of that's kind of reg- regular happenings for 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 the for the B team in that in that league. You know, I mean, it's a great it's a great experiment playing up against um, you know against men, in men's football. They've, th- they've taken to it really really well, but it is it's noticeable that the difference in in class between like the teams like Cove and you know yeah. teams like Spartans. Just I mean, Cove Cove are playing in a competitive league every week. I mean that they're they're playing League One and it's quite a competitive League One that they're playing in and they're doing really well on it so it was always going to be a challenge whereas Spartans are well Spartans are just Spartans I mean the Lowland League most of the Lowland League teams shouldn't really be able to live with Rangers you know because we've got the, the better the better by definition we've got better players they're maybe, they're maybe a bit stronger but technically we, we should be an awful lot better than most of the teams in that league Yeah and I think that's the conundrum is this is why Rangers want to get the B team into League 1 or League 2 you know so that we can test ourselves and the players can understand what they need to do to get to that level I mean, clearly Cove are a team who are backed financially, who, as you pointed out earlier on, have got guys of a very good standard at that level. They clearly want to be in the championship next season, you know, so that's where we need to aspire to. As a B team, you know, we need to go out there and go toe-to-toe with these teams, and that's what we have to do over the coming years, hopefully, if that's going to be the case, because it's no offence to the Lowland League. I mean, like, there's... You know, we've had some tough games during this period, but we've also had other games like the 8-2 victory against Edinburgh Uni and then the 6 nothing victory today. Do you actually take anything from these kind of games in terms of like sort of player performance, in terms of positivity, or do you just see it as Rangers should be beating these teams? No, I mean Rangers should be beating those teams, especially the likes of today. I mean they're playing they're playing bottom of the league and they, they beat them they beat them comfortably. You know, I mean it's as you say, we really need to try and Get Rangers into the into the the kind of senior leagues into the league League One or League Two, and I know there's a lot of opposition to that, but they're not they're not really learning anything playing against these teams really because because as I say they're technically better than them so they should they should be beating them and okay they're beating them really really well, but uh, I mean I mean they should having said that we've still had two or three games where we haven't played particularly well and we've we've, we've lost silly, we've lost silly games we probably shouldn't have lost. Yeah. But the flip side of that is we're still we're still doing it in Europe against for probably fairly decent Europe standard European teams. So it's it's all sort of swings and roundabouts. And I mean the boys are learning from it certainly. Yeah, I think one of the benefits from this season is that you know the boys are seeing a different side of the game. The Lowland League at times it's not pretty. You know sometimes teams have been very direct against us because we're not the biggest of teams. We've had teams that have been very physical against us because, yet again, we're maybe not the most physical team in the world. So, from that point of view, I think the players have taken certain things from each game. And I think for me that's important. Well, the competition week to week is good enough for Rangers. That's questionable. And I think it's something that, yet again, will come up next year if we end up back in the Lowland League. Is that really the level that we want some of our young players to go at? Because that's what we're going to talk kind of later on in the pod about maybe players that need to go out and loan who need to be pushed at a higher level, and that's something we'll get to. Um, we'll talk about the European game against the Bulgarians, September Sofia. Um, it was a double for Tony Weston, and I think it was Cole McKinnon with the goals. Was that an expected victory against the Bulgarians, or did you think that that was just a good performance from Rangers and the Bulgarians just obviously weren't good enough to cope with that? No, I think it's a it's a victory I expected. I mean, obviously, I didn't know the first thing about the Bulgarians, yeah. but I mean, obviously, it had to be a it had to be a good performance because you don't get to that stage in Europe being a being a bad side. So the Bulgarians had to have something about them. Um, 
but again, it's it's probably a step up in class from most of the games that we're that, that we're playing. I mean, given it came it came quite close on the heels of the Cove game, you know, it was good that the that the the Rangers team managed to pick themselves up from what was an absolute mauling in Cove. Yeah. You know, to get a to get a good result against the Bulgarians. So I expected us to win. I'm not sure I expect us to win so comfortably though. No, I think the good thing for the European games, obviously we've not been able to get to the away games due to the kind of travel restrictions and things like that. But certainly, you know, like the home games, the two home games we've played, we've played some really good football at times and we've moved the ball really well. I think the one thing against Sofia was it was quite windy that night. And it wasn't the easiest to move the ball about, but we kept trying, we kept trying to do the right things. And I think that's what was important. And looking back at that, I mean, including some of the other games we're going to talk about, that's Tony Weston now hit 30 goals this season. So I want to ask you, is 30 goals in the Lowland League a good level for Tony in terms of that goals? Or is it more important that maybe he went to... Somebody like a Cove and scored 10 goals in the next part of the season, do you think that would mean more than the 30 in the Lowland League? I think it, prob- it probably would because he's, he'd be playing at a higher level against a better a better standard of defender. I mean, you know, you've got to look at, I mean, Tony, I mean, I mean Tony doesn't even play particularly as a centre forward. He scored, I mean, he scored a lot of those goals from midfield. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that's an incredible return at, at any level from, from the position that he's playing. But, I mean, he could score thirty. He could he could up that to forty goals, and it wouldn't it wouldn't have the same gravitas of scoring maybe ten or fifteen, at, as you say, at a, at a cove or at a, you know, maybe even at an Arbroath or that that sort of level that are doing that are doing quite well at the level they're at. I mean, Arbroath might be too much for them because they're top of the championship, but something like that, you know, Kelly Hearts perhaps, you know, a team that team that are, you need to go to a team that are doing doing well in their division. There'd be no point in putting them at somebody that's that's fighting relegation. That wouldn't that wouldn't do Tony any good at all. He'd be better staying where he is. If that was the, yeah. the the only option, yeah. There's a wee question in there from Curry Muncher. He's saying he's a bit concerned about your remarks a couple of weeks ago that the current B team maybe don't have any players ready to step into the first team. Is that due to you know the youth policy, or is it just due to zero players being ready? I think I think what Will meant by that is it's tough to go from the Lowland League into the first team in the Premier League. I certainly don't think it's a lack of quality. You know what I mean? No. Because there's some very exciting players in that B team. But you're talking about jumping up League 2, League 1, Championship mm. Prem. It's a big step up. And this is why you know, we're going to kind of get into depth a wee bit about some players that need to go out and loan. Is there anybody in that team today, when you look at it, or some of the other games you've been at, that think they need to go out and loan because we need to see if they can cope at that higher level? Yeah, I mean, what guys like you know have to have to remember is that the B team it's not a reserves team; it's a team full of kids. You know, they're all they're all under twenties, you know, more or less. So they have got still a lot of. I mean, most of them, a lot of them are 17, 18 year old. You know, they've got a lot of development to do, and it's a fine balance because obviously they want the, the whole B the whole B team thing. They want people to go and see them, and by the very nature of Rangers support, they're only going to get a crowd if they start if they start winning things or start you know. Yeah. Winning games and stuff. So, if they put all the the better players, if you like, out on loan and started getting scudded every week, nobody would go. See, you'd obviously go and see them every week. I'd go and see them when I can. But a lot of people that are kind of are casually observing the B team wouldn't go and see them. So it is it is a difficult um, balancing act. And you need to also put them to get games. I mean, right now you've got guys like Tony Weston, uh, you know, playing every every single week for us or more or less every week for us again, missing the odd game here and there. But if they were out on loan 
two, maybe as you say, maybe a Cove or a Kelty Hearts. Would they would they play every week? You know, and they need they need to be playing every week for their own development. So it's not as you say, it's not the lack of quality, but it is a hell of a jump up from. I mean, a few weeks ago, when we weren't scoring goals and Juan Allegri got a hat trick and everybody seen get him in the first team, you couldn't do that. It just wouldn't work. But I mean, hopefully sooner rather than later they'll bring back the five subs and that would be an absolute godsend for for the young guys because then you could have them sitting on the bench we were talking about this today uh, at half time um, you know you could have them possibly on the bench and say right okay you're two nothing up against St Mernemer half an hour ago you could you could throw on one of the younger players Yeah. but as it is when you've only got three subs you can't do that because if somebody gets injured then you're, you know, you've limited your, your, your possibilities Here's a wee quick question for you, Wolf. One that I think you'll quite enjoy because it's one that I think we've all spoken about at the Academy Games. Will any of the B team players get minutes in the first team this season, maybe looking at the Cup game in a couple of weeks' time? Do you think there's anybody in that group at the moment that you would like to see get some minutes in that Cup game? Yeah, I would... Um, I'd like to see Alex Lowry getting a, getting a shot. I mean, he's... Right, okay. You know, he's playing really many played my man of the match today by a mile I mean I thought he played really really well um, the problem that he's got is the position that he plays he wouldn't get a regular game in the first team because of the players that, that play a similar position to him you know where, where he plays you could argue Leon King could, could do with another shot because you know we're a bit we're a bit light at the back and Leon King does does well at the back again today you couldn't really tell how good how good or bad he was because he didn't have any defending to do you know but I mean guys like, like that yeah, I would certainly look at giving him a shot, not necessarily just in the Stirling Albion game. But as I say, the fact that we're only we're back to three subs isn't doing him any favours because you probably wouldn't start any of them. But you could bring them on when when a game's sort of relatively comfortable. Yeah. No, I think that's a very valid point. You know, the one about Alex. Alex is one of these guys, whenever you've watched him play, even if it's just one game, he generally does something in the game to excite you. You know, he's got yeah. the tricks. He's got the ability to score ridiculous goals. He's technically very gifted, clearly. Um, and he is a kid that I think a lot of people who've watched the academy players over the last year or two think that he's got a real chance. And yet again, you know, the club, in my eyes, I think that was one of the criticisms of Gerard, and rightly so at times, that maybe we didn't, you know, sort of give enough young players a chance. So I think under Van Bronckhurst, given some of the people that's now been added to his backroom staff, and obviously the talk that Zeb Jacobs is going to be coming in on the first of January, I would like to think this is a like a small opening almost for us to start promoting more players into the first team. And I do understand people's like sort of reluctance at times to do it because obviously winning on the pitch is obviously important, but we obviously have spent a lot of money on the academy. You know, we spent a lot of money, you know, like sort of keeping some of our best young players at the football club. So it's important that we show these guys a pathway into the first team. And Leon's definitely one of those. You know, he's obviously out of contract in the summer of 2022. I would very much like him to stay. I think he's a super talented kid. But yeah, again, just like at every club, you need to show them a pathway and you need to show them that the first team is going to be available to them. And Alex is the same and so is many other players. So I certainly hope, and that's cup game that we can maybe see two or three or four guys on the bench or maybe even one of them starting I think that's really important that we show that we are going to give young players a chance so we'll just need to wait and see on that one um, one of the other games I wanted to talk to you about with the B team was the game against East Kilbride 
leading one nothing, playing against ten men, and we lost two one. Was that maybe just one of those games where the experience East Kilbride showed, and maybe our kind of I don't know if the word like sort of immaturity is right or kind of lack of experience, you know, like not getting over the line showed. Yeah, I never actually, I never actually saw the East Kilbride game, but I mean, from what I've, from what I read about it and what I've heard about it, yeah, that's that, that's it exactly. I mean, one up against ten men. I don't know whether it's the the kind of thought the job was done. You know, the game the game was the game was done. We're, we're one up. We've got an extra man. We'll just see it out, and you know they conceded a couple of goals late on to to lose the game. It's, it probably was just an experience, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, well, I think for these guys, it's important. Also, East Kilbride have obviously got a lot of seasoned professionals in that yeah. group, but you just think that when you're one nothing up, you're playing against ten men, you should be good enough. You know, to see the game through. Maybe that was a bit of naivety. That's something we need to get better at against stronger opposition. Some of the other results, we'll just kind of get through quickly because we're kind of good halfway through the pod now. 3 0 victory against Partick Thistle in the Glasgow Cup. Ross McCausland with one and Juan Alegria with two. So that was a good start to the Glasgow Cup campaign. I think up next it's due to be Celtic, but yet again, the way things are at the moment, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, and obviously, we kind of hit on it earlier the 8 2 victory against. Edinburgh Uni, a hat trick for Charlie McCann, a hat trick for Tony Weston, Chris McKee, and Robbie Ewer with the goals. Um, we'll just kind of flick through the 18's results and then we'll have a look at the kind of loan players. We'll try and answer some questions as well on the chat. Some of the recent results for the under 18 since the last pod was a 12 1 victory against Elgin. That was a Scottish Youth Cup tie. Obviously, quite one sided, the fact it was 12 1. Um, Greg Allen, Mackenzie Strachan, Robbie Ewer with a double, Leighton Dunlop, Tyler Pasnick, Jack Roberts with two, Kelsey Ewan, Rory Wilson with two, and Christian Webster with the goals. I'm glad I wrote all that down because I would never have remembered all the goal scorers in a 12 1 win, you know. Um, and then a result that was probably a bit of a surprise a 6 1 victory against Hearts. Hearts had been playing quite well up to that point. I think they'd won like five, six, seven games in the trot, so. To beat them 6-1, but I think, to be fair, that was maybe one of our best performances that I've seen from the guys this season. A hat-trick for Rory Wilson, James Graham, Charlie Lindsay and Connor Allen with the goals. Um, we then beat St Mernon 1-0 in a... It was, it was a bounce game, really, but Jack Roberts got the goal. Uh, we beat Mullable 2-1 away from home. Robbie Ewer and Rory Wilson from the penalty spot. That was a tough night that night. It was really, really cold. It was quite a kind of chilly one in terms of like the wind was kind of cutting, so I, I thought that was a really good win for us. A 1-0 victory against Hearts. That was the same night as the Glasgow Cup tie. Robbie Ewer got the only goal, and then most recently a 1-1 draw with Dundee United away from home. Dundee United are quite a strong team this season, so I think overall that 1-1 draw with Robbie Ewer's goal was actually quite a decent result. Um I think the guys are still sitting at the top of the league the last time I checked. Hibs have got quite a few games in hand, so they could overtake us, but I think they've got something ridiculous, like five games in hand. And given the way the world is at the moment, you just you just don't know if they're ever going to be able to catch those games up. Um, okay, the kind of main part of the pod tonight was to talk about players out and loan, players who maybe need to go out and loan. So a lot of the chat, obviously, recently... Ben Williamson potentially returning from his loan at Livingston because he's not been playing enough and talk of him going to Rafe Rovers. What do you make of that one, Wilf? 
Yeah, I think it, it, he's he's not been playing at Livingston. I mean, he seemed to be he seemed to be playing for Livingston at the start of the season, and then he, yeah. I think he got himself. I remember he got himself sent off, and I don't think he's been back in the team since. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if he's if they're not going to be playing him or as well, taking him back and putting him somewhere he'll get games. I mean, okay, it's stepping back down a level, but he, there's not that much difference really between Livingston and Wraith Rovers, particularly. I mean, I'd be surprised he went to Livingston in the first place because of the state of that pitch. You know, I mean, that pitch is, is awful. You can't really judge of how, how well I get, anybody's getting on playing on that thing. But he needs to go somewhere where he's playing regularly because if he's not playing at Livingston, he's as well sitting at Rangers not playing. You know, and at least in that, we could we could play him possibly in some of the, the, the Glasgow Cup games or whatever, you know, if he was still with us. But if they're taking him back to put him straight out on loan and there's some assurances for Wraith that he'll get games, then yeah, it makes, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. I think the thing with Ben, I think he went through a wee spell where I think there was like COVID related <coughs> excuse me issues and then the red card I think happened pretty quickly so it seemed to kind of spiral from there um, I think for me it's important that Bengis keeps playing so like the recall option in January and sending him out to the championship where he did really well with a broth just makes a hell of a lot of sense really mm-hmm. so hopefully Ben can kick on and play a lot of games between now and the end of the season James Maxwell obviously there's been a bit of chat about James it certainly sounds like James is going to be leaving the club in the summer or possibly in the January window. Um, to me, that's a disappointing way for James to go. I think James has come a long way since he signed for the club and he's done really well at under-18s and in the reserves. You know, he's moved from like kind of left wing to left back and this season at Aire, he seems to have played about three or four different positions. He seems to have been all over the place. So, in terms of James... Do you think it's important now when you get to a certain age, say 20, that you do go and play regularly somewhere else? Or do you think you should try and fight it out with the State Rangers? No, I think at that sort of age, if they haven't, if they haven't made it, there's not really anywhere they can go because there isn't, there isn't a reserve league. You know, the, the B teams, I think, is it under 20s or 20s and under? Um, so there's not really a lot of scope for a lot of games. So yeah. you, can, you can continually get out on loan, but if you can get himself a fixed up with a club. I mean, there's a lot There's a lot of guys, I think, that are in the in the current kind of B team and under-18s that are in the same boat. They maybe won't make it with us, but they will have a good career somewhere. And they may, they maybe have to bite the bullet and just say, look, I'm going to I'm going to go... I mean, if he's comfortable, A and come in for him, for example, in James's case. You know, if they if they were to come in and offer maybe a two or three year contract, he'd be daft not to take it. Yeah. Because he's, all that's going to happen to the Rangers is he's going to keep going out on loan. And that really doesn't do his career any good. No, I think the thing with James is, you know, he's obviously had interest in him in the past from like sort of Premier League clubs. I think there's been clubs in England that showed an interest in him before he signed for Rangers. So I dare say he's probably still on the radar of a lot of these clubs. For James, it's probably looking at what's the best option for him. As you're saying, if he can get that security, that's a big deal for any professional footballer getting security. If he can get a two or three year deal, it might be something he looks at. Or he could look at even just seeing out his contract until the summer and then seeing what's available. Then it might be that there's more options in the summer. We'll obviously need to wait and see on that one. But obviously, what he wish James all the best if he does leave in January. You know, he's a really good lad. You know, managed to have him on one of the pods not that long ago. We did an interview with him. Thought he was very honest in terms of his time at Rangers and what he was trying to achieve in his career. And I think, as I've said on here a hundred times, it's not always just about being at Rangers, it's about a person's career. You know, not everybody's going to make it at Rangers, and that's not because of a lack of ability or whatever. It's just that sometimes you need to move on for the benefit of your career, as many other players have in the past, and went on to your good careers. So, so whatever happens with James, want to wish him all the best. He's a great lad. 
Um, Josh McVeigh, another one a bit like Ben. Ben to Morecambe seemed to start off well. I think he's had a few injuries. Seems like Rangers are going to recall him and it's talk about him going to back to kind of League Two again. I think Tranmere was one of the teams that were spoken about. What do you make of that move, Wolf? I think I think it's getting to the time that, jo- that they have to make a decision on Josh. You know, because he's I mean he's not really recovered either. He had a quite disastrous loan or quite poor loan. I think was it at Dundee that he had a, a fairly poor, poor loan. He had a poor loan somewhere in Scotland. I seem to remember and uh, a couple of years ago and it's not he's not really kicked on from there. So. Again, he could he could be recalled, stuck on stuck back on loan to Tranmere. If that doesn't really work out for him, I think he's probably going to have to, unfor- unfortunately, you know, count his losses at Rangers and just move on. But the whole, I mean, the whole academy thing, to me, it's yeah, okay, we want to we want to get players to come through in the Rangers first team as Nathan Patterson has. We want to get guys to do that, but we also want guy other guys to go on and have careers. Maybe careers, decent careers elsewhere, because that that helps the name of the academy as well. You know, and you'll get guys saying, "Okay, I'll go to Rangers," and if I make it with them, great. But if I don't make it with them, I will make it. I'll go somewhere else and make it. Yeah. You know, that does well, and and that's that's how the I think that's how the academy model's supposed to work. You know, I mean, you're saying about about James maybe seeing out James Maxwell maybe seeing out his contract. It might help him and the club if he if he was to leave in, in January. You know, we maybe got a couple of quid for him. You know, so that that means he's basically funded them, funded his own time through the academy with the yeah. transfer. If he if he sees his contract out and goes, fair enough, that's the way of the world. But that's the way these things have to work. Josh might be, might be the same sort of boat. You might have to, you know, maybe go to Tranmere and see see where he goes after that. I don't know how long he's got left in his contract, but you know, see what happens to him after that. But it's not going to do his career any good going half a season here, half a season there, because he's just. I don't think there's any anywhere back for him at Rangers. I don't think he'll. he'll I don't think he'll make it with us, unfortunately. No, Josh was one of those guys at 16, 17 that just looked like he was going to be a superstar. You know, mm. all the ability in the world. I think injuries and obviously that. I think we spoke about it in one of the earlier pods. The move to Dundee probably didn't work out quite as well as he would have liked. And I think that did hit him a little bit. I think that kind of gave him a bit of a dunt. So when he came back, he probably didn't hit the same levels that he had before. Yeah, again, Josh is one of those kids who have a career in football, I've absolutely no doubt about it. Yeah. It just depends what level it'll be at. Um, one of the questions there about Leon King. Leon's out of contract in the summer of 2022, Chris. Um, I think the club are obviously in discussions with Leon, as they are with many other players who are out of contract in the summer. Um, hopefully Leon decides to stay at Rangers. Um, I think, as I've said before, I've never had, you know... How much are eight, Leon? I think Leon's a cracking footballer, technically very gifted, can play in that whole midfield role or central defence. We've obviously used him as a fullback a couple of times when he's come on for the first team. But Leon's got a real chance at Rangers. I mean, you know, we shouldn't really kind of go too far because you don't want to kind of like sort of over egg players, but Leon's got a chance. I think anybody that's watched Leon would tell you that. So hopefully over the coming weeks and months, Leon's one of many that signs a new contract and we can move forward with the best young academy players that we've got at the club. Um, we'll come on to Kai Kennedy. Kai's another one. He's obviously had several loans now. He moved to Dunfermline. Obviously, there's been a change of manager and he's been on the bench quite a few times. What's the future for Kai, Wolf? Where do you see that happening? And can I, move I don't know. I thought, I thought Dunfermline was a great move for him and it's, yeah. it seemed to be, you know, it seemed to be until, until the change of manager and I feel for any player that's out on loan when a manager, when you know the, the manager changes at the club they've, they've gone on loan to, 
because yeah. they've obviously gone on loan to play for a manager that fancies them and then the new guy comes in and he might not yeah. or he might just say well I've only got you here for a, a prescribed amount of time I'm going to work with guys that I know I'm going to have a kind of long term future with um, I think we could we could possibly do with, with you know recall on him and putting him out putting him out somewhere else because I mean Kai's a, a great he's a great talent a really really good talent yeah. Um but again, he really needs a good six months between now and the end of the season just to see just to see where we are with him. Yeah, I think for me, when Kai went out and wanted Ophelman, it seemed like a good move because they were a club that had obviously added some good players over the summer. Obviously, for the previous manager, it didn't really work out very well. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Well, I mean, John Hughes came in, you sort of looked at that and thought, that could be great for Kai because he's quite an expansive attacking manager. And it felt like that was like a bit of luck for Kai. But he seems to have been in and out of the start of the I don't know the whole issue. Maybe there's some injuries there or whatever. But it just kind of feels like for Kai, he needs to find a place that he's going to play every week. He's yet again, he's another one of those guys that ability-wise, it's not in question. But can he play for six, seven, eight, nine months consistently at that level? Because that's what you need to show. I mean, Stephen Kelly did it at Air United. And then he went out to Ross County and did well. So like, you need to show those levels before you go to the next one. And I think that's obviously the worry a little bit at the moment, is that some loans haven't worked out quite as well as they would have liked. Um, and I think this is a fair question from Chris, actually, and I really like it. Do you think Gio would send some players out and loan to Holland? Well, is this something that we miss out on in Scotland that maybe we are quite kind of short-sighted in things that, you know, let's just send guys out here, let's just send guys out here in Scotland, rather than maybe looking at some of the moves abroad? Yeah, well, I think it is. I mean, we've, we've, we've started putting boys down south, which we never used to do. You know, one or two have gone down, as you say, you know, uh, Josh McPake went down, went down south for a, a loan spell. And I don't think I don't think it would hurt. It would certainly give them a bit more experience of a different type of football. Yeah. You know, and... I mean, a lot of our players are, tech, are technically gifted. Well, the Dutch league's quite a technical league. I think the Belgian league's much the same. You know, it would certainly do them no harm at all. It would also get them out of the out of the Scottish bubble, if you like. Yeah. You know, and they might they'd have to grow up a bit, and we could see what we could see what these guys, what these young guys are made of. So it's not the not the daftest idea I've ever seen. Do you think obviously with Zeb Jacobs coming in from Belgium, with Dave Ross coming in from Holland? Do you think that now that opens up a different avenue to send players out and loan that these guys could put forward a good word for these young players and maybe a move to, you know, maybe the Belgium second division or the Dutch second division, whatever it may be, would benefit players more than say a loan to somebody in League One? Yeah, absolutely would because they've um, you know they'll obviously have the contacts out there. They'll they've worked at clubs um, in the Benelux area and you know they'll they'll know the managers and the coaches and they'll. You know, they'll be able to look with this young player, you know, might be able to do a wee turn for you, you know, and stick yeah. them in. And it's not it's not as physical out there, I don't think. And I don't really watch a lot of Dutch and Belgian football, but I don't think it's it can't possibly be as physical as some of the stuff we get up against. So yeah. it's going to benefit the players because their technical ability is in no doubt at all, but it'll you know, they'll be able to hone hone those skills while playing at a decent level against against men. You know, so I think it's I think it's an absolutely fantastic idea. Yeah. All right, I'll come to you for the last kind of couple of minutes. Just a couple of quick questions. Who would you like to see go out and loan from the B team, and at what level would you like to see them go to? So I'll come to you first on Charlie McCann. 
you know, do you think Charlie McCann, you know, maybe needs to go to the Scottish Championship, or do you think maybe like a move back to England on loan would be beneficial for him? I think I think Charlie does need to go out on loan, and I think he would do well in the Scottish Championship. But as as we'd be the same with all our loan players, and at that level, that he'd be a target because of because of who his parent club are. Yeah. You know, you get a lot of the, a lot of these guys at that level are sort of, you know, well he's he's the guy from he's the guy from Rangers. We're going, I'm going to make, make a name for myself. I'm going to I'm going to stick one on him. You know, and it's not really the way to look at it. But I think that's the case a lot of times with these guys. You know, yeah. so it may well be league, maybe League One in England. Somebody, but again, it need to be somebody that a team that's kind of challenging that's winning most weeks but they would also play him on a regular basis there'd be no point in sticking it with a team that's fighting relegation because he won't learn anything there you know he, he, he won't he needs a team that's going to have quite a lot of the ball and you know be, atta- be attacking a lot of the time to, to suit the kind of style of play he's got Right Obviously we've already spoke about Tony Weston so we'll not go over that ground again Somebody like Alex Lowry obviously you would like to see him in the first team maybe playing in that cup game potentially if Alex yep. is going out and loan, what kind of club do you need for Alex? Do you need a certain type of club that play a certain type of way, or is that just up to Alex to fit into that team, whether it's as a number eight or a number ten? I think it's up to Alex to fit into the team. But I mean, for a team to take him, they need, you know, they'll, they'll obviously know what sort of player he is, and and have a have a space for him. It, you know, I mean, it's again, it's it's the same sort of the same sort of thing as Charlie McCann. The, the level would be would be similar. And I think Alex Lowry would be a great case in point to maybe stick to the Dutch second division on the bottom, right. or you know, or maybe kind of I don't know if they're, I don't know the quality of the, the team mid table era division. I don't know whether that would maybe be just be beyond them a little bit. But I mean, certainly, you know, sticking trying to get over to a team that's maybe fighting for promotion out of the out of the second division in Holland. I think I think he would really excel at, 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 at that sort of level. This is one of the kind of points from Graham. And it's a fair one because also other people are allowed their opinion. I don't like these loans to smaller clubs or lower leagues. You're giving them time to apply their craft at a smaller club lower level. Useless experience for when they pull on the blue jersey. What is the fine line in loaning somebody out to gain that experience or is it more important that you test them at first team level quicker? What do you think is the kind of middle ground on that? I think it's get, getting them experience against experienced players, you know, against against physical players. I mean, again, as I said earlier, what you've got to remember, these these are only boys. They're only, you know, they're, they're 17, 18, 19-year-old boys. And it would be great to, it would be great to say, look, loan them out to Ross County, St Mirren, you know, uh, Livingston, St Johnston, teams like that. So that, But they would, I don't think they play regularly in these teams because these teams don't play a lot of football. They need to play... For clubs, for me, and they need, they need to go to clubs who actually play a bit of football that don't just. I mean, there's no point in loaning their midfield players out to a team that don't that don't put the ball through midfield. You know. Yeah. I mean, to lift it up a level. Look, look at Scott Wright. Scott Wright at Aberdeen was a decent player, but nobody knows how good a player he was because they didn't use him. They threw the ball over his head all the time. Yeah. There's no point in putting Tony putting Tony West into St Johnston, for example, and he's standing with a sore neck looking at the ball above his head all the time. That'll do the boy no good at all. It'll get him. It'll get him minutes, and it'll get him up against. But you'll never, you'll never see the ball. You'll not be able to see what he can do. Yeah. So they might need to go to you know, a more, a more technical league. You know, to to get to get the time on because they need to have the time on the ball so that we can see what they can do. Yeah. And these, you know, these leagues they've got they're up against seasons pros. I mean, where they are just now, 
you know, like say when they played when they played against Cove, they were up against guys that have, that have played the game at a decent level, yeah. and that's the sort of game. And okay, they might struggle, but they'll learn lots. They'll learn more from. They'll learn, probably learn more from getting beat five one by Cove than they did from beating Vale Leith in six nothing today. Yeah, you know, because they're against physical players. A quick point about somebody obviously talking about Barry Ferguson. There, did Barry Ferguson have a go on loan? I mean, yeah, again, that's the other side of the argument. Do you need to send players out and loan? Because, I mean, obviously, if you guys are Alan McGregor, he did a double loan stint. Charlie Adam obviously had a loan stint before he made it in the first team. But then you've got Nathan Patterson, who's just come straight into the first team. So, is every player different? And sometimes they just need a loan, and some players don't. Yeah, I think it's it's uh, we're we're a difficult support as well. I mean, you know, I'm gonna have this discussion with my with my missus who was at the game with me today. I mean, obviously, as, as we all know, she's a jambo, and you know, she was she was quite impressed with, with Alex Lowry today as well, just as a side point. But yeah, I mean, the di- the difference is teams like like Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen, you know, yeah, they're not expected. Their fans don't expect them to win every single week and win well every week. We do, you know, we don't get we don't cut anybody any slack at all. No. You know, when they, when they come into the team, if they make a couple of mistakes, it's he shite, get them out. You know, so you've got to be very, very careful bringing the young players in. You know, but I mean, hopefully, hopefully as I say, they bring in this five substitutions and we can give them a bit of game time and see what they've got. William, I hope you don't mind me jumping in for two quick seconds. Of course, mate, fire um, It's obviously, no, this is your show and you're my boss, so I don't <laughs> want to upset you. Um, I, won't, I won't obviously be on again until Hogmanay. So I just thought I would take this opportunity. We released obviously some news today on Twitter that I done today. I done a two-hour interview with the overlord from Heart and Hand, David Edgar. Um, that interview will be available to YouTube members and Patreon subscribers on uh, New Year's Day. If, however, you are part of our Rabble CEO membership uh, on YouTube, or you're part of our Rabble Legend. <clears throat> subscription on Patreon, the interview will be available from tomorrow morning. Um, please do check if you're signing up to YouTube, and this is a point I have to make very, very clear. If you're, when you're signing up to a membership on YouTube, please read the descriptions of those memberships and make sure it's the right one for you. Um, that Because uh, I know, William, a lot of people don't have Twitter, um, and Absolutely. that's Absolutely. that's the only way sometimes to get a hold of the people, especially people that watch on YouTube. Because I see like a CGM Curry Muncher, RFC Fifty Six Aldo. That's for usual contributors. Um, so I just thought I would jump on and just thank everybody as well because the memberships have been through the roof. Um, it's crazy. It's brilliant. Thank you very much. Apologies for interrupting, William. I shall let you get back to your academy. Cheers, Don't mind. Cheers. As Martin does, he likes to jump on it, hangs down to him. He does, though. He does, though. But no, look, I think, in a serious note, for me, obviously doing the academy pod, it's something I love doing. When I get to the games, not as much as I used to do because of like, my new job and things like that, it makes it slightly more difficult. But, you know, anybody that's got a passion, you know, in life, whether it's football or tennis or badminton or whatever you'd like to do, enjoy it. I mean, I enjoy watching the lads play. I enjoy whenever they get that opportunity to play for the first team. I would like to think that every Rangers fan takes a certain degree of enjoyment when they see a young player break into the first team. Because as we always go on about, we love to see our own guys making that breakthrough. You know, and it's great when you see like Alan McGregor, he's had to do it. Alan Hutton, Charlie Adam, just to name a few. I mean, we could get through another 30, 40 guys here, obviously. But it's important that we do have a pathway 
and I think as a football club our size and the money that we put into the academy that we do that um, I'll leave the last word to you Wolf um, what would you like to see in the second half of the season in terms of player development from the youth team and into the first team and give us a name of a player that you think will make an impression if not this season, next season I'd like to see some of the, the guys that are featuring predominantly for the B team given a chance in the first team but for that to happen for that to happen I think we need to we do need to really, really need to push on and have the, have the league basically sewn up as early as possible and hopefully by you know like what used to always happen under Walter Smith in his first in his first stint come the last half a dozen games of the season the league's the league's won and you know you see some young guys getting, getting a bit of game time here and there in games that yeah. you know I'm not saying they don't matter because every game matters but you know in, in games that the results kind of Secondary really gives these guys a bit of a bit of game time, and um, I mean I'd, I'd love I'd love to see guys like like Charlie like Charlie McCann, Leon King, you know Alex Lowry get, getting a chance, you know, uh, in the first team towards, and I mean that's the guys I think will make will make an impression in the in the team, you know, I mean for me looking at looking at today's game, a special mention for me today for the the young lad at centre half. Um, Young's at Connor Allen, the young lad that's saying he's only 16, yeah. 17 year old. Yeah. I mean, look, he had absolutely no defending to do today, but he did everything, absolutely, he never wasted a pass, did everything absolutely simply. So, what they're getting taught, they're getting taught properly. You know, it's it's good It's good to see he he, he didn't waste a pass. He was, ne- he was never under pressure, so I don't know what he's like as a defender because he didn't have to defend. But, I mean, that, that to me is really encouraging. A guy of that age, I mean, I mean you reeled off the you know, the, the 18s, the goal scorers in the under 18s games. Half of the ones that are scoring goals in the 18s are playing for the are playing for the B team. Which means it's a very, very young B team. Which which is great going forward because the players it means they could be in the B team for the next kind of two or three years. You know, which has got to be encouraging going forward because they're, they're playing at a really, really decent level. The second the second top of a quite competitive lowland league against against men and it's basically a little less men against boys a lot of the time yeah. you know so that's really encouraging for the academy going forward but I mean to go back to your questions I, th- I think I'd like to see guys like Alec, like Alex Lowry and Tony Weston going out on decent on decent loans but having said that I'd also love to see us win this win this lowland league and we'd need them to do that so it's a it's a difficult one for the coaching staff to, to square uh-huh. really yeah, I mean, just going over your point there quickly, you've got Robbie Ewer, he scored 13 goals for the B team this season and yep. 11 for the under-18s. So it shows, you know, like he's done it at both levels this season, Robbie Ewer. Yeah. And that's something that obviously is important because you want to see that progression. Yeah, look, uh, somebody like Connor Allen, he's actually a midfield player, Connor. Really? But he's been playing centre-back for the under-18s recently because we've had a few injuries. I mean, uh, Connor's basically a guy that was playing like school football almost, you know, and then he came into Rangers and he's just made a great impression. You've got Tyler Pasnick, who I think is still only 16. Mm-hmm. He came on the pitch today. Mm-hmm. Leighton Dunlop, he's only 17. I think that's what's more important for us in the Roman League, is that we give 16, 17-year-olds a chance to play. Because I don't know what you learn sometimes from somebody that's 19 or 20. I think you'll he- learn a hell of a lot more from somebody that's 16 or yeah. 17 who's been pushed to learn more, to learn quicker. I mean, Greg Allen's obviously had some time this season. He's only 16, we signed him from Hearts. He's had some B-team action this season. He's made mistakes. But you know what? You'll learn from it because you'll know but what that, to do it again. But that's, that's, the, that's, what, 
sorry, well, that's, that's my whole point with trying to get back to five subs like we had last year. You know, yeah. you can have, I mean, noticeable today, as you say, you know, the two young lads came on near the end and the bench was really young today. Yeah. We can afford to do that for first team games. Yeah. And if they have to sit there because because the team's told to put the game to bed, then they just sit there. But they've yeah. got the experience of travelling with the first team and doing all the preparation. But if the game is out, if the game is out of sight and we're fairly comfortable, you can put them on because you've got yeah. those extra couple of subs. You know, I mean, that's that's I mean, everybody saying you know if they do if they do the five subs, Rangers and Celtic will benefit because they've got stronger squads. Yeah, they will from that point of view. But it also means we can bring the kids the, the kids through. You know, bring the young players, give them a bit of game time. Like you look at a European bench. There's always a couple of young boys on a European bench because there has to be because of the, you know, the, the homegrown nature of the European rules. You could do that domestically, and it would give these guys a great experience, absolutely ph- phenomenal experience, and that can only help the Scottish game going forward. So why they why they haven't done it already? I've got absolutely no idea, and it would work the same way as the as the B teams working with the 16 and 17 year olds on the bench, bringing them on when when the game's c- quite comfortable. Right, well, that'll do us for tonight. That's about 45 minutes. We normally only do about 30, 35, but there were so many questions to answer. Absolutely loved it. We're going to do a review of 2021 in January of 2022 when we get a couple of minutes spare to ourselves. <laughs> so if you look out for that, we're going to do a review in January. Since the first team don't come back until whatever that is, the 17th, we'll try and do it before then. If anybody's got any questions you want to ask, feel free to send me on Twitter at RFC Youth Updates. I'm always happy to try and answer them the best I can. Um, we're going to maybe be a wee bit controversial in the pod next up in January because, you know, we've got to look at the club and say, are some of the decisions being made right in terms of some of the loans coming in, some of the loans going out? These are things we'll talk about. It's all about opinions, as I say, not everybody's always going to agree. That's the way of the world, especially when it comes to football. So, Look forward to that. Just want to say thanks very much to everybody that's joined us this year, especially on the Academy pods. It's been great to see the numbers go up and up and up. Um, I can tell a lot of guys are passionate about football, just like I am. I look forward to seeing you all again in January. Want to wish you a Merry Christmas and have a great New Year, guys. All the best. And hopefully 2021 is a good one for all Rangers fans. Take care of yourselves and we'll see you all again very, very soon. Bye. Podcast Network.